Welcome to the Modern CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping accounting firms achieve success. If you're an accounting firm owner who wants to learn how to provide virtual CFO services, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to episode three. In our last episode, we discussed being a distributed firm here at Summit CPA. Today, I'm joined by Adam Hale and Jake Grimm to talk about what it means to be the firm of the future. This is a really important goal here at Summit, so it's a great conversation. And I'm your host, Jamie Na, and I'm going to be interviewing these two as we go through this. Adam Hale is the uh, COO and owner of, of Summit CPA, and Jake Grimm is the director of IT here at Summit CPA. So we should have a really good conversation. I'm excited to hear more about this topic. So Adam, let's start with you. What does it mean for Summit to be the firm of the future? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I really don't like the phrase firm of the future. I think I've probably been to a hundred CPE uh, events and, and webinars about firm of the future. And every time I get on there, it's all just kind of talking about, you know, consulting and all these different things about getting away from compliance services. And for us, I mean, it just feels like something whenever you say firm of the future, it's like something we're going to do 10 years from now or 20 years from now, so, something like that. For us, it's always been what are we doing now that we can make better in the foreseeable future? So for us, firm of the future means more of right now. And I know for a lot of folks, you know, that are still kind of doing the compliance, they, they feel that anxiety whenever they go to some of these CPA events and they keep talking about all this stuff. But it's really what tax preparers have been doing forever. It's just a matter of, you know, trying to operationalize it and put it into a nice little service rather than just giving it away for free whenever you do the taxes. So I can tell you for us, as it relates to firm of the future, it's really Jake. I mean, Jake, uh, we, we have an IT director. And by IT, I don't mean like just doing DevOps stuff and helping fix computers and working on servers and things of that nature. We don't do any of that stuff. You know, we're in the cloud, so we don't have anybody really working on that side of things. What he's doing is managing data and trying to make it super efficient for us and also cute. I like cute. We talk about that a lot. <laughs> I want to make sure the dashboards look really good um, so that our, you know, for our clients to be able to access real data that is both timely and accurate, which is sometimes difficult to do whenever you're dealing with real-time data. So that's what Jake's been doing. He's been trying to put together dashboards for our clients because I really do think that that's kind of the future of our consulting. Of course, that's just one piece of it, though. The technology is super, super important, but it's the conversation that goes along with it because people are building all kinds of great tools and locking down a lot of what we talk about with our clients. So it's not necessarily building the data or having the, the best software that's always going to get you there. It's the conversation that goes along with it that I think is is super important. And so whenever I think about firm of the future or firm of the now, it's just making sure that you're having those proactive conversations along with this new great technology that we have. So well, let's start down the technology path then. So Jake, sounds like you have a lot of pressure on you. You're, you're the man to bring us into the future. So um, why don't you start and talk a little bit about some of the things we're doing on the technology stack and kind of some of the areas we're working in to make sure that we are going down this path. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Adam kind of hit a great point that I think we talk about a lot is, you know, a lot of the different deliverables that we've had in the past, I, we feel like are going to be commoditized in the future. And that's not really necessarily the reason why we keep our clients. It is the relationships. It's a conversation. It is the forecasting side of things and how we kind of interpret the stuff that we have. So we've been spending a lot of time making sure that 
as a team, we, as Adam mentioned, you know, we're going to be efficient with our time, have really strong data and accurate data and timely data, and getting that in front of our clients as quickly as possible so we can have those conversations. And really, that's where we add a lot of value to our relationships. So a lot of the different things that we've done from standardizing our tech stack is making sure that across the board for all the different clients we work with, as best as we can, we you know use the same platforms, you know, and we also use a lot of the different automations that we see out there to kind of make it a lot more streamlined. So a couple of examples, we've we've used AI, we've created some bots that kind of run Excel files for us. That is a very mundane, very repetitive process, takes a lot of time and using bots to kind of get that information quickly to our team without them having to spend the time to do it. Going forward, we're making online dashboards that are directly connected to our accounting software, accounting tools. So we uh, eliminate a lot of the accuracy issues that we might have if, if people are using like Excel templates and just getting the data straight into an online dashboard that one is a lot faster and a lot more accurate for our, our team to use. You know, those are probably the two biggest right now that we've been working on is, is really along that area of automation and really trying to get a lot of the time spent of prep out of our team's hands and more into the review side of things, uh, just makes them more efficient as a team member for, for some of the CPA. Yeah, I mean, whenever you're talking about future, I mean, that's a great point, Jake. I mean, that it, in the future of Summit CPA, I don't want to ever hear the word Excel template anymore. Right. I mean, that is the most awful thing in the world. We built them with the purpose of we had so many little accuracy errors and, you know, not changing dates and having to update these things on our deliverables that the Excel template served a huge purpose. We were able to download things. We didn't have those grammatical errors. But then you end up with people overriding formulas and it just became one of those things. I think whenever we looked into it, we were spending three, four hundred hours a month. You know, we had a couple team members of full time team members just doing nothing but building these things. And like I said, the, the reports, they're there. You know, you can pull them out of traditional stuff. They need to be organized in a more productive manner for the clients to be able to, you know, because our job isn't really giving them the financials, it's interpreting them and helping them. So we've we've built a lot of these templates and these dashboards to be able to help us tell the right story, which is great, except for we lose a lot of our ability to think about the client, which Jamie, I know you and I talk about this all the time. I mean, we need more think time and, you know, less, I don't need somebody's finger, I need their brain. So that's been a big focus for us. And, and Jake's been instrumental in making sure that all that big data goes into a, and I mean, the bots have been huge. Like he said, you know, having those bots move the data has been big for us, but he's also putting it into a gigantic database for us then to be able to use the dashboard and project it up. And so I think whenever you talk about your tech stack, it's important to, you know, try to get on the same accounting platform like QBO or Zero or whatever. And going to an online version of that is definitely way more effective, way more efficient. And it allows for a lot of these other things to connect to them, like Bill.com is a is a great add-on. I mean, we can we can kind of talk through the tech stack a little bit if you'd like. But really, as it relates to being the firm of the future, it's about making sure that you're as cloud-based as possible and you're connecting all these great tools. And that's what uh, Jake's been able to do for us. And I think on top of that, um, you know, a lot of people come to Summit. We hire a lot of really smart people. In any interview you do, you always ask the question about Excel. People are always like, oh, I'm great in Excel. I work in it all day long. And oftentimes when they come to Summit, they're like, wow. I guess I was good at Excel. Like we, you really, we really did a lot in Excel. And honestly, 
even though we have some of the best Excel people, I think, in the, in the industry working for us, we still moved away from it because there's just too many errors caused by it. So I think we definitely made that move. And it was a move that we hesitated making at first because we thought, oh, we got this down. But now that we're making it, it, you can definitely see the errors going away. And you can see the employee happiness going a lot up because you're not trying to figure out these Excel formulas that take up six paragraphs to try to figure out what's wrong with something. So I think it's been a big move for us for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people hear about AI and think, again, it's something that's in the future, but it's really right now. Totally. I mean, those robots that we're using, Jake deployed those earlier this uh, this last year. They've been a huge help in time savings, but also just all the cloud-based stuff. I mean, that's really, I mean, bill.com, for example, it'll automatically enter the bills now. So instead of, you know, you being the inputter, now your team's the reviewer. And there's a lot of value to being able to review as well. And so as much of that work as you can push, it, the better. So definitely making sure that you're you're leveraging technology and you're always kind of looking at the newest software. That's what it's meant to summit. We've done that from day one and we've went down the wrong path a couple times. You know, we found some software that that maybe didn't work, but we're always up for looking and seeing if there's a better way to do things and not kind of getting stuck because we found something that works. There's always something a little bit better. A great example of that is Jake built a fantastic cash flow template. So for us, whenever we're doing forecasting, you got long-term planning and then you've got the short-term cash flow. So for a lot of our clients, we're managing their day-to-day cash flow, meaning we're helping them determine when when the deposits need to come in, what's going out, and they can kind of see the ebbs and flow from day-to-day. And so we built this super elaborate, Jamie, I think you had your hands in it too. To me, it's an absolute nightmare. It has like 30 (laughs) tabs at the bottom. It just like, it was painful for me to watch people update it. Now the team loved it and it was super slick to the client. But for me, who maybe isn't as savvy in Excel, it was painful. Jake went and found a software at uh, one of the conferences that seemed to mirror kind of exactly like what we were doing. And with Jake's help, they're they're starting to craft it into a more usable format that something that we can use and our clients could definitely leverage. That's going to save us an enormous... I mean, do you remember how much time you said that was going to save us alone? I mean, it was... for the Yeah, that conversion was probably... 15 to 30 minutes per client. And we're talking about like 50 clients. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it adds up pretty, and that's on a weekly basis. I mean, it's not monthly, it's weekly. So, I mean, it's, yeah, big, big time savings across the team. And it's a lot slicker too. I mean, whenever, not only do you just get done with whatever you're doing in the accounting package, but then you, you throw it up to the client just instantaneously. You're reviewing it with them. They've got a product that they can also interact with instead of this big clunky Excel spreadsheet, uh, which is what we're trying to accomplish with the financial statements as well, because we are really heavy into forecasting. So for us, again, not only is it on the technology side that we already just kind of walked down, but Jamie, you know, forecasting, I would say, is also a big part of it. Yep, I agree. And I think the one big part, you know, just to hit on that point one more time, and then I'll ask a couple of questions about the tech stack as well. But um, I think one of the things that I really feel like makes us the firm of the future, the firm of now, is we're not afraid. You're not afraid to commit. You're not afraid to move on. You know, talking about the cash flow tool, like Jake, the amount of hours that was spent on that cash flow template was a lot. But once we saw a tool that was better, we forgot about those hours and we just moved on to the next thing. And it's similar with our financial statements. For a while, we were using the bots. We were using the bots to create our financial statements and it definitely saved us some time. But as soon as we found an online tool, we jumped right into it and started using that instead and they're creating that. And so I think that's one of the big things that makes, you know, in my mind, that's the firm of the future is we're not afraid to commit to something and then just move on. And so with that, Jake, I'd like to ask you a little bit before we go into what our tech stack is, can you explain how you go about 
interviewing or talking to these potential tech companies. You know, I know I get an email a week, at least an email a week of, hey, we can you can use us for AP, you can use us for payroll. And obviously we could be having a ton of meetings to talk through those. But how do you go about evaluating a potential tech partner? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of depends on a lot of different avenues. The first part is really the cloud-based side of things and, and as Adam's favorite word, cute dashboards for like any of our products that we deliver. So I think anything that we're wanting to transition to, you know, being cloud-based and having a uh, basically a dashboard view is, is important and also being able to give client access into those tools. So, you know, historical stuff of, um, you know, the past of like Excel templates, like that's not something that our client ever had and could interact with, where we're looking for things that they can interact with if they need to. Because once again, we feel like a lot of this stuff is being commoditized. That's not the value that we bring. Uh, they could go somewhere else and sign up for these things themselves. It's the, the relationship and it's the conversation that is driven by this information. So that's that's one of the things that we look at. You know, that's what I look at first when I'm getting, you know, a bunch of different offers to kind of uh, review something. And there is a little bit of like, I, for example, even on the cash flow side, I had another cash flow tool that popped up probably three weeks after we started this new one. So there's a little bit of like a time difference too, and just making sure that I'm solving a problem and not just switching to switch. So like that, for example, right now, it's not something I'm interested in looking at because we're still in the implementation side of this other cash flow tool that we're pretty excited about. But even then, you know, probably a year from now, if I see something else out there from a cash flow side, I'm going to look at it a little bit more to see if there there are items that are lacking in this other tool. And if if anything else, I'm just learning what type of things I might ask our current provider for. Like, hey, we're I realize that we're missing this on your tools. This is something that you can implement. And a lot of times we find that they are excited for that type of feedback and work with us to kind of get those things implemented. So. Yeah, I think that's been an important part of it too, Jamie, is we've always been kind of early adopters in terms of also trying to get on board with beta programs. So there's several softwares that are pretty popular right now that we were in the early stages of. So for us, what it's been nice to to be able to impact how the end product is going to look. And so whenever you get into some of those early stage developers, they're more apt to, yeah, there might be a little bit more fine tuning that has to happen, but they're also open to suggestions and you can kind of help you know, navigate what the end product is going to look like. And we've done that several times. That's huge. No, I agree. And I think to Jake's point, like a lot of companies, I think a lot of people are hesitate bringing up those things. But I know every time we've brought them up, they've been really excited to hear it. And like, oh, really? Let's let's do work on that. Or, um, you know, let's let's talk through how that can be better. So I do think it's um, it's really important to, um, to be not be afraid to ask that question because it's helped us more often than it's hurt us for sure. Yeah, we're constantly hitting Jake up with all kinds of things and sending him emails too. So Definitely. he gets them all the time. So he probably just ignores <laughs> half of them. But so Jake, I know um, just you want to give an example of some of the tools we do use. Um, you know, again, I know Adam's mentioned a couple, but just to make sure, you know, there's a lot of uh, CPA firms out there listening to this. And again, we're not um, endorsing these, but again, we went through the process of choosing these, and these are the ones that we found are the best. So if you just want to give an example of some of the tools we use and what exactly we use them for. Sure. So on the accounting side, Bill.com from like a bill pay, even invoicing perspective is a, has been a big one for us. We are a distributed team and we're also distributed with our clients. So the ability to pay bills from a cloud-based perspective, we could do it from our phones if needed, anywhere uh, that we might be located, we can hop in and, and review, has a really great approval process, just a really slick tool that also integrates to our accounting platforms. You know, they integrate with QuickBooks and Xero and get a lot of that information synced directly into our into our accounting software. 
We use Plan Guru from a forecasting perspective. Really love that tool. We've been working with it for a long time. And that's just great to be able to do our planning with our clients from an income statement perspective, but more importantly, from a balance sheet perspective and making sure that we're building uh, plans with our clients that they're excited for on the cash on the cash side of things. We mentioned a cash flow tool produced by Finograph, cashflowtool.com. Uh, that's a new one that we've been using from a cash flow perspective that we're pretty excited for. And then, you know, dashboarding, we use Clipfolio to do a lot of our dashboarding that we're working with with clients. And we use just uh, SQL databases to compile all that information that drives our online dashboards. Those are probably some of the biggest ones that I can think of. I don't know, Adam, if you have any others that, that pop to your head right away. Yeah, I mean, expense tracking is big for us. So I would say um, Expensify, and now you're starting to going to go down the road of Divi. Sounds like that one might be um, potentially another option for folks on the Expensify side. Um, just tracking credit cards, you know, the receipts and everything. You know, that's uh, kind of the bane of our existence outside of time tracking. So that tool has been huge. And then from an accounting perspective, we're a little bit agnostic. You know, we don't necessarily care if somebody's using NetSuite or Workamajig or Sage, um, but we prefer those cloud-based solutions like QBO or Zero only because they do have just some natural connectivity. And a lot of people that are building tools out there that we find super helpful are connecting first to those. So that's the reason why we usually, you know, try to gear people more towards that side on in terms of the accounting software itself. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen us shift a little bit more in that direction because as we've started to use more of these tools that integrate with each other, the um, what they integrate with is really important to us. So, you know, I think that, uh, for example, the cash flow tool only integrates with QuickBooks and QuickBooks Online. So, like, you know, if, if someone comes in with something different, we have to say, well, okay, great, but you're going to get an Excel version of the cash flow tool. And so it, it's helped us limit that a little bit more than we probably used to. Or in the, in the past, we'd say, hey, whatever you guys are using, we're good. We're going to be able to do everything with it. So it's definitely changed us a little bit. Jamie, I'm disappointed, though. You didn't mention your favorite software. I was waiting for you to mention it. <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't want to take that away from you. So, yeah, no, something, you. something I implemented recently on the um, operations side is a Jetpack workflow. So that's obviously um, really important for us in terms of keeping our um, what we do on a day-to-day -day basis accurate, but also more from a operating procedure standpoint. So we've worked really hard on documenting everything we do, but also having videos and directions behind everything we do. So with a distributed team, with every Everybody working on clients for a while there, people felt like it was really hard to um, take a vacation or to be sick. You know, what, how, who's going to do this payroll for me if I'm sick? Now that we have everything documented and we have videos explaining how to do stuff, it's really easy for me to take a day off and say, Adam, can you can you run that for me? Because we have things documented inside of Jetpack. So Jetpack has been huge for us. And again, we're still in the process of implementing it. But um, again, we've been doing it for about six months now, but um, it takes a while to get all those standard operating procedures documented. But that is an ultimate goal of mine to have everything, every procedure we do have a really good direction behind it. And so, yes, Jetpack is definitely part of our um, tech stack. Yeah. And, and to be clear, that's not just a workflow tool. Right. You know, a lot of like Thompson's and all that kind of stuff will have the workflow tools. We use Trello a lot of times if we need to do some project management. That's another software that we use a lot. But this is more for the, the standard operating procedures. We wanted to come up with something that was a little workflow driven, but was primarily like an internal wiki. So that, like you said, Jamie, you know, we could take vacations and people could find out exactly how to do things. So it's all about process and making that super Super repeatable. We link those videos in there, which is huge, you know, coming up with standard review, Google Sheets. I think that's uh, been a huge process for us as well and something that's went a long way with the team. 
And and the standardization that Jetpack allows, you know, I think that's also the other part of it. It goes back to the um, standardization we talked about earlier is if we create templates of, oh, no, we're doing payroll for a company or, oh, no, we're doing paying bills for this company. I don't want every us to be doing it differently every time. And so we can create templates inside a Jetpack that, okay, these are the six things I'm doing for this client. I can just go pull jobs from that templates and be able to run them the same across all of our clients. Of course, there's little differences, but for the most part, we try to make it a standardized process from client to client. As well. So that, that also gives that ability. Yeah. So we touched on this briefly. So the last part here, let's just talk a little bit more about forecasting. So the key to forecasting is obviously Jake's talked a lot about standardization. And our goal is, is to make the day-to-day as standard as possible, make it as automated as possible. So we do have more time to think and talk about the client. And I think one of the big parts of that is the forecasting aspect. So Adam, can you talk a little bit about how we forecast with our clients and what that process looks like? Yeah, it's really the nucleus of everything we do. So, you know, we don't tell people that we can do their taxes better. We do do taxes, you know, in terms of bookkeeping for some of our clients, we'll do some of the back office stuff. So we do have those services available, but we assume that we're kind of on par with everybody else. The, the one thing that small businesses, primarily those companies, two to 20 million don't get is somebody that's just really involved in, in the forecasting and the strategic planning of a company. Those bigger companies that have the CFO and they have the FP&A folks and all those different levels and departments, they they have the ability to do those things. For a lot of small business owners, it's just them. And they have the strategy. They have the mindset. They know what they want to accomplish. It's our job to kind of then test it out on the financial side. So we take those ideas and we flush that strategy out and, and we put together the business plan in a not only an income statement standpoint, but on the balance sheet. And I think that's really the difference is whenever I would talk to um, other CPA firms, a lot of times they would show me a financial forecast and it would be an income statement on Excel. And then at the very bottom, they would have, you know, like the change in cash. We all know all the action happens on the balance sheet anyway. That's like the true measure. And there's a lot of moving pieces there. So what we really liked about the software playing guru specifically is it gave us that full picture of both the balance sheet and the income statement so we could kind of play those things out. And from there, it's just the art of deconstruction. You know, you you take it, you break it down. It's kind of like if you ever watch the fixer upper shows on TV where they come in and they're less like, okay, here's the vision for the house. Let's rip it all apart. Let's put it all back together. That's really what we do on the financial side. So we'll go in, we'll figure out what those revenue drivers are. Plain Guru does a great job of letting you kind of like list all those drivers out to drive your income statement. And those are the things that we help hold our our clients accountable to and really, you know, kind of measure out where they're at and where they're going. Yeah, no, definitely. The, the forecast is, it gives us the ability to be true consultants, I feel. You know, if, if I understand a company's forecast and I understand where they told me they want to go, it makes it a lot easier to answer those questions of what happens if I do this or what happens if I do that. And I can plug everything back into the um, forecast. So um, Jake, I'd love to hear an example. I know you work with quite a few clients and have in the past worked with even more clients, but if you could just give me an example of some of the conversations you've had because of the forecast that have made you a better consultant. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times with clients, they have like three-year growth plans that they want to hit. So that's a big one that I've seen a lot. And so having that kind of framework in the back of your mind, as we kind of get into some day-to-day questions, we kind of know like, how does this, how does this impact us to getting to this three-year plan? You know, does this set us back? Uh, does this kind of deviate from what we were initially planning for? You know, if so, how do we make adjustments to get back to that plan? Just off the top of my head, there's a big one that I can think of where companies say, you know, they come to us at $2 million, they want to be a $5 million company three years from now. What do we need to get to? We can, we break all of our forecasts down into even a, a 
really, especially for service-based companies, you know, a staff-driven uh, model. So understanding, you know, what kind of roles that we need to have, you know, designing ideal organizational charts with companies, you know, those type of conversations add a lot of value for our clients. So now, now they have an actionable plan that, you know, when we hit certain benchmarks, we know we can hire these couple people and they really aren't, they don't feel like they're just trying to guess as they kind of grow. You know, they really have a plan laid out for them. And I think that's a big one. Well, and, and moreover, I would say, you know, what was it? Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the face. Well, that's life. And as a business owner, it's owning a business is an emotional thing. So it, you have a lot of emotional reaction. The, the numbers are binary, like it's black or white. And so for us, if you start with that base plan and you kind of walk through what the client wants from a strategic standpoint and you kind of show them the roadmap and the path, you know, that's what we really do whenever we're doing forecasting. We always kind of talk about, hey, if you want to, if you want to retire, if you want to go on a trip somewhere, you got to first figure out where you're going. And then we map out the best plan to get there. Well, then what happens is there's road construction. You get detours. The forecast really gives you the ability to kind of map back and make that detour and get right back on on path and where you need to go. And having that information in your hands, having that knowledge and the strategic plan, and then accompanied by real-time information, you're able to help the client make non-emotional decisions that help get them back on the right path. And I think that is is huge. I mean, they really love the the peace of mind on the front end, but being able to get into the trenches and definitively tell them what they should or shouldn't do is huge. And I think is a, is a differentiator for us and not very many other. I mean, you can, sure, you can say broadly, yeah, I think you should do this or it sounds like you shouldn't do that. But we can point to it and draw it out and remap it in just a little bit of time. I think that's a, a big advantage. Yeah, definitely. I think the difference between a budget and a forecast is something we explained very early on to our clients because a lot of clients feel like they're doing forecasting because they they plan the year with a budget. They go into, oh, this is what we're going to do this year. But three months in, when they hit that road work and they, they can't go that way, it's like the budget's completely scrapped and they stop looking at it. So I think just the fact that we're consistently there to update that forecast every month makes it much easier to um, to consult with them and say, hey, let, let's get back to that plan. What do we need to do now? What does November need to look like in order to make this year right? And so I I think the, the difference between a budget and a forecast is really important to our clients. And that's one of the things we talk about right away. So That's why I think whenever you say firm of the future, immediately you start thinking about AI and technology. And what I'm saying is that's permission to play now. Like you need all those things in there just to stay competitive, to be able to offer real-time information. There's a lot of data out there that needs to be organized into information. So turning data into information is what you use that AI. And then it's up to us to use the financial lens to help you know, navigate the path for our clients. And I think whenever I'm thinking about what we do and how we're going to propel into the future, that's what it's all about, being super deliberate with the forecast and then, you know, leveraging the technology along the way. Yeah, so I definitely want to thank um, Adam and Jake for joining us today. I think we had a really good conversation about this. But um, in addition, you know, kind of the next steps, I think um, having this plan in place and having the firm of the future hiring is super important. So hopefully in our next episode, we're going to bring our HR guy on. And that's that's the plan is to talk through how you hire people that can pull these things off. So again, thanks to Jake and Adam for joining us. And that's the end of this episode. Thanks, Jamie. Enjoy this episode? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving modern CPA firm success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry. 